welcome to Finnish Digital Art Podcast, a podcast where we present hot topics from the world of digital art. We speak to emerging and established artists about their work and also present to you our plans for the brand new gallery we'll be opening in the cultural quarter of Leicester, where we're broadcasting from. Please join us for conversations that will inspire, educate and hopefully make you more curious about digital art and how it's weaved into our day-to-day lives. Let's begin. Hi, welcome to this part of the show. I'm Matthias and I'm going to be telling you a bit about the events coming up at Phoenix over the next month uh, as part of the art program. And so, as we, I think we mentioned this last month, um, but most of our events coming up, they, they fall as part of Leicester Art Week. Uh, this is a kind of now annual event that's happening with different venues around the city. And most of the events are taking place between the 11th and 20th of November. Uh, but there's also kind of uh, wider stuff that, it runs outside of those dates as well but it is a great great week if you're in the city to to be going out to as many of these events as you can uh, the venues that you can look out for events at are um, Attenborough Centre, Leicester Gallery at the Montfort University, Leicester Print Workshop, Leicester Museum and Galleries, LCB Depot, Soft Touch and Two Queens and also uh, this year's studio name and the People Centre and of course Phoenix and so it's really exciting for us this year we've got a lot of events coming up uh, during that week or kind of just around that week Um, especially as we've been kind of much of the building has been closed for a while so it's it's timed nicely with the screens reopening so if you haven't been to see any films at Phoenix for a while you'll have the chance to come out and do that again and so yeah the, the events that we've got coming up the first of those is on Saturday, 12th of November, a film screening of a film called Remote. Uh, this is a new film by artists uh, Mika Rottenberg and Maya Tusi. It looks like a really interesting film. Uh, I think it's going to be quite funny as well. It's set in a near future and follows five women living on their own in different countries. While watching a popular South Korean dog grooming show, the women discover they are connected through mysterious portals hidden in their homes. Uh, using the portals to bridge the distance between them, they uncover a phenomenon phenomenon with universe-altering consequences. And that film uh, is going to be followed by an artist talk as well, a, a Q&A, pre-recorded Q&A. So it's a really nice chance to come along, uh, see the film, and then stay for this artist store. Remote was uh, filmed in 2021 during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Remote features a cast of multinational actors and performers including Okwi Okpokwasili and Junie Kim. Apologies for any pronunciation there. Uh, The film explores a future populated by isolated and yet connected individuals. Uh, this premiere that we're showing is is part of a, a series of premieres organized by Art Angel. They have some really great programming at the moment. I encourage everyone to visit their website and see things. Uh, they often have things available online for short periods as well, so it's worth checking back to see what's there. Yeah, and I'm sure there's some people listening, uh, at least local to Phoenix, who will be familiar with uh, certainly Mika Rottenberg's work. Uh, recently, well, a few years ago, they had a brilliant show at the Nottingham Contemporary. Okay, well, I just looked up uh, the show that I thought was at Nottingham Contemporary a few years ago was actually back in 2012. So um, maybe, yeah, that's longer ago than I thought. Um, but yeah, maybe you've seen their work elsewhere as well. So that's on Saturday, 12th of November at 8.15, I believe. And you can uh, book tickets online through the Phoenix website for that.
so yeah that's on saturday 12th of november at 8 p.m uh, at 8 p.m and you can book tickets online through the website for that now the next event we have is the uh, object memory artists talk and this is a preview of our upcoming object memory exhibition i think we mentioned this as well last month um this will be like an informal discussion with the artists Martin Sibick, Ben Fredericks, Les Hayden, Kush Kali, and Christopher Samuel. And they'll be discussing the works in progress and hopefully showing some examples as well. So it's going to be a very informal, um, open event. It'll be nice to a nice chance to meet the artists that we're working with and and hear what their ideas are. And that's so that's taking place on. Uh, the Monday, the 14th of November at 7pm. And again, if you want to book tickets for that, uh, you can do that through our website. Uh, tickets for the Artist Talk are free, uh, but places are limited, so it'd be great if you could book online. I'm sure we'll be posting some more details about the Artist Talk on our, our social media stuff soon as well, but um, I'd really encourage everyone to uh, seek out the individual artists um, like personal accounts as well, or their artist accounts. Um, there's some really, some really nice things that they're, they're posting about, <clears throat> and you can get a sense of, of kind of some of their ideas or like previous work before the talk as well. And yeah, so that's Monday, 14th November at 7 p.m. And then if you want to stick around uh, at 8 p.m. also on Monday, 14th of November, we've got the first of uh, kind of a double bill of film screenings that's happening during that week. Uh, this is a film called Phase Four. Uh, now this is like a cult sci-fi horror. It's uh, directed by Saul Bass. Uh, it's from 1974, and it involves uh, desert ants, a dome. It's about when ants form a collective intelligence and begin to wage war on humans. It's up to two scientists and a girl they rescue from the ants to destroy them. So very exciting stuff. And that's a screening in our in our screen room space. Uh, tickets are five pounds for that. And the reason we're showing that is because. Monday the 14th of November is also the, the planned date to launch um, our commission with Everest Pipkin uh, the Barnacle Goose Experiment yeah we're really excited about this it's been like a, a long time in the works uh, it's part of our Daisy World program which was exploring ideas and themes related to James Lovelock's uh, 1980 Daisy World computer simulation uh, which demonstrated self-regulation on a planetary scale to illustrate his now famous Gaia theory and yeah, we're going to hopefully be talking to Everest, uh, or Everest is going to be uh, recording some stuff for us uh, for the next episode to tell you more about the game and kind of why they made it and, and stuff. And so I'll just read the, I'll just say a little bit now about uh, what the game is, um, so what you can expect to see next month, and then hear about in the podcast. Uh, the Barnacle Goose Experiment is an idle clicker game set in a world where spontaneous generation is commonplace. As a player, you are a researcher studying the creation of new and living things out of raw and non-living matter, and you're you're locked in a hermetically sealed dome. And then it's up to you to kind of discover these combinations to to generate a living world from a dead one. Um, it looks like all of Everest's work, um, really incredible. Uh, we're very excited to 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 release this finished version of it. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it next month and uh, the main thing is that it's going to be out available uh, hopefully from monday the 14th of november uh, the link for that will be through our website uh, but also if you look up um 
Everest's Twitter, particularly they've been posting there lots of um, screenshots from the progress so far. So yeah, they've been posting screenshots there and uh, you can get a, a sense of uh, what it what it might be like. So then following that, later in the week, on the 18th of November, Friday, uh, we're showing another film called Silent Running. Bruce Stern stars as renegade scientist Freeman Lowell in, in this uh, 1972 post-apocalyptic sci-fi cult classic. In a future where all plant life on Earth is extinct, uh, Lowell defies orders and refuses to destroy the last remaining plants which have been kept alive on a spaceship. Uh, so yeah, both these films are kind of uh, like Barnacle Goose Experiment, uh, dome-related, and they're about science and experimentation and yeah, mostly some things going wrong, I think. Uh, things going wrong. Dystopia, utopia, uh, thinking about the environment, simulations, games, self-regulation, yeah, all that good stuff. And again, silent running. Uh, tickets are available online. Uh, like phase four, it's happening in the screen room, so it'll be quite a nice space to be in. And tickets are just £5 for those two. And so, yeah, that's like a really busy week for us. Um, and... Amongst all of that, we'll be trying to go out and, and see the other things going on. Um, I've got the brochure here with me, so I'll see if I can... So I'll read a couple of the other things that are happening. Um, uh, two Queens have their annual members show happening. Um, so Letty, uh, Attenborough Art Centre, they've got two exhibitions at the moment. Uh, Letty McHugh Anchorage and Mohammed Barangi playing in Wonderland. They're both really interesting. Oh, and they have some workshops related to that as well, I think. Oh, and I've just seen... Um, so there's a Q&A at uh, Leicester Museum and Art Gallery with uh, Kushkali, Asunta Ruko, and Dinosaur Kilby. They're all great artists, so that'll be that'll be nice to check out. That's on the 28th of November. So, yeah, there's lots going on, and it's, it's a good week to kind of get around all of the galleries and organisations in one go, see everything that like, can be... Uh, sure that everyone's got something going on obviously just check opening times and if yeah hopefully you should be able to pick up a brochure if you're in town um they should be around uh, or if you check out the website leicesterartweek.co.uk i should have all the listings and events hello hi um i'm here with chris slow uh from the lcb depot uh which is one of our local um Arts and cultural institutions also provide awesome kind of events for the public, such as last Friday, um, which is on next week. Yeah, right? It's on next week. Fabulous. Uh, and yeah, can you please let us know what the LCB is up to? And um, yeah. Sure. Um, so we're just finishing our architecture season, um, and then next week we're going to be installing the visual art exhibition which launches on said last Friday. Yay! Uh, yeah. So we've just done the selection yesterday for it, from an open call, mm-hmm. um, and uh, with, uh, with some invited artists who are going to be showing their artwork as well. Uh, so it should be really good. Um, there's going to be quite a lot of work in this year. Uh, there'll be some student work, there'll be some um, work from the creative community at large, there'll be um, work from the invited artists, There'll be a performance on the Friday night, and then it'll be on for three weeks, uh, Monday, Friday night to five. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, and there'll be some events as well. So there's, there's a launch on last Friday, and then there's a, there's a kids' day on the second Saturday in That's November. That sounds amazing. Uh, we're currently actually in in the exhibition as we speak. And uh, that's the, that's the um, you know, uh, I can see some skateboards of a person that I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I actually was going to speak to you about the equestrian um, one because it's quite interesting and it looks very difficult to work with. Uh, but I'm, I'm just going to say it to you uh, because it is uh, an audio podcast. Uh, I'm looking at <laughs> uh, a protective um, kind of, um, how would you describe this? Um, it's sort of protective wear for horse riding that you wear um, uh, on your torso. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this uh, this exhibition I described as architecture, but it's also got some interior design and some product design. It so it's it's the places that we live and the and the things that we use. It's quite a broad uh, exhibition, and Arena's uh, talking about a student piece. That, um, or well, she just graduated actually. Uh, Amy, she fell off her horse uh, helmet, the actual helmet is here as well, where she uh, bashed her head um, and realized that, that all the protective wear that you have when you're horse riding um, actually involved moving somebody uh, if, you, if you need to treat them. And obviously, if somebody's had a fall, the last thing you want to do is, is move them because their spine might be in a particular sort of way. So her design was, was uh, making this, this protective garment that can easily be t- taken apart mm-hmm. so, so that you don't have to be moved. Yeah, um, looks, yeah it looks, looks like... Um yeah, looks like something that I would trust having on me when mm-hmm. I'm on, my, on a horse. Uh, even though I've been on a horse just a few times and it wasn't very successful. I mean, it, it was alright, I didn't fall. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's, it's great to see so much, so much cool work. I don't know, I'm, I'm very, very excited every time I pass um, the gallery uh, on my way to, to work. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. But I have uh, one last question. Sure. Which will be, which is your favorite kind of event or exhibition or work that's been put on um, this year? As we're nearing the end, so I can ask that. <laughs> sure. Well, we, I mean, we do a lot. Uh, so there's an <laughs> exhibition every month, uh, all sorts of different stuff, uh, from fashion to craft to digital stuff and performance. Um, but actually, um, I think my favourite thing was the last family day uh, that we'd had, had a couple of weeks ago um, because uh, there was lots and lots of different uh, activities. They were all really good. The people that were running them were amazing and loads of people came and got involved in it. And it had one of the, one of the things that I liked the most is when... Um, a kid at the at the at the family day really engages with with uh, something we're doing yeah. sort of creatively, um, and there was a kid who came along uh, to this uh, who was really properly excited about <laughs> uh, about inventing some new designs and some new products and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, yeah, properly kind of got involved in it. Watch out! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I think that's the, that's that's the thing if. Uh, Kids get excited about creativity uh, and know that they, that's something that they can do. Uh, then hopefully they'll be end up being the artists of the future. 
which is which is why why we do things like that. I, I love um, yeah, alternatively, I love when we do like uh, VR kind of uh, workshops and the children get excited, but then it turns out the VR wasn't working. <laughs> so we just, <laughs> so just end up being like, did you like it? And they're like, yeah, I love it. And it's just, you know, looking at the, you know, the environment around them through the headset. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is great. They love their environment. They like being in it. So <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just funny. And uh, yeah, children always crack me up. So yeah, thank you for answering this question. That's sure. very, that was a very kind of uh, mission-based uh, answer rather than an arts-based answer, which is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello and welcome to this month's segment of Word of the Month, where we'll be talking about artificial intelligence bias. Now, you might already be fresh with the concept of artificial intelligence, but if you're not, don't worry about it. We're already checking the word bias in there as well, which is kind of audacious from our side. But this is because artificial intelligence bias might as well be one of the most dramatic consequences of artificial developments. No, but seriously, Stephen Hawking said that AI might be what leads to the end of human civilization as we know it. But let's rewind. Let's start with the definition of artificial intelligence bias. So machine learning bias, also sometimes called algorithm bias or AI bias, is a phenomenon that occurs when an algorithm produces results that are systematically prejudiced due to erroneous assumptions in the machine learning process. So you might already have heard about a few cases of um, AI uh, wrongly accusing people who uh, are members of the black community because, um, in fact, uh, machine learning is not very good at recognizing um, darker tones. And that is because machine learning is actually based on data set created by humans for humans. So, for example, if I create a data set that contains only white people's faces then if i ask an ai to say have you seen this face and it's a darker person's face then the ai might say it would be this person even though it might not be this person at all so you might start to kind of see where we start to have a problem with artificial intelligence bias okay maybe we won't go into the technical kind of details because frankly we're not the ones to teach about that and if you want to learn about it you will but we are here to give you examples from popular um media that you can use um to appear cool at parties when someone says something about artificial intelligence or just to be a little bit more aware of what's going on around the world so the first example is an example which is quite weird because i'm a person who um who's uh, language uh, whose English is their second language so um, that kind of hits close home but um, eliminating selected accent in call centers so Bay Area startup Sanos developed an AI-based accent translation system to make call center workers from around the world sound more familiar to American customers the tool transformed the speaker's accent into a neutral American accent in real time as SF Gate reports Zana's President Marty Sarim says accents are a problem because they cause bias and they cause misunderstanding. Racial biases cannot be eliminated by making everyone side white and American. To the contrary, it will exacerbate these biases since non-American call center workers who don't use this technology will face even worse discrimination if a white American accent becomes the norm. I don't know if it would be fair to uh, not mention uh, the rise and 
um, expansion of uh, artificial intelligence art, uh, which promises great innovation. It promises AI, you know, creating architecture, uh, making architects obsolete, um, you know, uh, deleting uh, the human ownership, or maybe is, is the person, uh, you know, um, an owner of that. Anyway, um, it's interesting because in 2015, Twitter user Jackie Alcine tweeted that he and his friends were mistakenly identified as gorillas by Google's image recognition algorithm in Google Photos. Solution? Google opted to censor the term gorillas on Google Photos entirely, with a spokesperson saying that the technology is no way, nowhere near perfect. So, while such incidents are not uncommon, um, in natural language processing, uh, also known as NLP, the subset of artificial intelligence that allows computers to understand human language. Natural language processing is responsible for tools like Siri and Google Translate. And now in combination with deep learning, another subset of artificial intelligence, which we can definitely talk about in later episodes, um, uh, deep learning that enables algorithms to learn new things, it powers platforms like um, DALI 2 and Midjourney to process word prompts, generating stunning works of art. I um, personally have to say that I have seen and I do follow quite a lot of hashtags on Instagram for things created on Midjourney. I have laughed so much on memes involving things created on DALI 2. I think it's, it's definitely a thing that... Um, People use a lot, but in my opinion, it, it's just a tool um, that people use to generate art. And it really depends on what we do with that tool. Nonetheless, though, today we're talking about artificial intelligence and the bias that could be created in there. Um, so I will mention only one thing, um, which is... Uh, that there is an issue uh, with artificial intelligence and bias because sometimes, for instance, uh, the prompt of flight attendant um, in DALI 2 generates photos mainly of East Asian women and the prompt a restaurant defaults to showing depictions of a typical Western restaurant setting. While we could always blame that on the data sets, I don't think that should be an excuse. I think that should just drive innovation and collaboration between nations forward instead of driving us back and creating even more bias, such as the example of when people had to uh, default their accent to um, American accent, for example. So um, I think that's kind of in a nutshell, um, and I actually think I'm over time anyway. But that's in a nutshell what we want to say today about artificial intelligence and the bias that it can be created um, with it. And we really hope that we've at least given you some food for thought or at least debunked some of the myths that AI has been bringing into your lives. Thank you very much.